0: The Leaderpreneur Show, episode 43, leading through the generations and behind the scenes. Let's go. Welcome back, my friends, to The Leaderpreneur Show, the podcast for leaders to deepen their knowledge while exploring an entrepreneurial journey Of their own. I'm your host, Stephen Faust, and I'd like to personally thank you today for taking the time to join us for some leadership discussion and learn how we are operating our online businesses behind the scenes. If you like the show, I'd encourage you to subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by going to leaderpreneurshow.com and smashing that subscribe button. And we'd be honored to have you as a regular listener. Today, as always, I'm joined by my great friend, my co-host. He's Michael Tanner. Michael, my friend, how is it going this week, sir? Steven, it's
1: going great, man. It's uh, the weather here in uh, in Atlanta has been uh, pretty good. We've had some rain throughout the middle of the day, which cranked up our humidity. I mean, we've been in the high 70, low Uh, 80% humidity uh, almost every day this week with low to mid 90 degree temperatures. Uh, It doesn't feel like 111 like it does there in in, in Arizona, but it still feels hot around here. Well,
0: it feels like 111 because it is 111 today. And I was just telling you at 5, 3, 4 and 5 p.m. today, it's going to be 115. And uh, well, it it is kind of humid. It's 14% humidity wow. it's not single oh, it's digits but you know i'm well, thinking of you in the 90s at 70 80 percent. that's gotta be like uh oh, getting out so of the pool sticky.
1: so sticky so sticky and so miserable you just go outside and my wife and i went for a walk yesterday evening about 7 p.m 7 well 7:15 or so p.m and oh it's just miserably sticky mm. just miserable 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 like you went so, through a car wash but, but it's like you know it's like i was asking you uh, so you guys out there, you you get these triple digits all the time. And once you get beyond 110 degrees Fahrenheit, does 115 really make that big a
0: difference? Uh, you know, I I think Five it degrees. Come on. I don't know. I mean 110, 110's here we go. Not that bad. 110's <laughs> not that bad. But Whatever. you know, you know, it gets to 120, then uh, you just don't want to go do anything. It it's it, you're when right one the
1: asphalt start melting on the road you're right like it, that, it's
0: surely it's 110 115 120 you walk outside it's it's just it's literally like opening the, you go to go to your health club go to your gym and you open the door to the sauna and you yeah. walk in that's ex- exactly what it feels like oh, it, oh. it's dry it's brutal and you're trying to you need remote start on your vehicle here right because you got to get oh, that yeah, so you can crank the AC. You got to get that air going. You got to. Oh, my gosh. And uh, yeah, I, I used to park well away from from where I worked. I didn't have the I had to walk outside and start it and go back in the office. But right now I, I work my my truck is, you know, 30 feet from my office door. But I tell you, you need that Bluetooth stuff now. You need that. You need that remote start from anywhere on your phone. Right. You know, right. You know, oh, my gosh. You can get that module put in. It's, it's phenomenal. So I don't have it. But I hear people, it's its literally life and death, man. It's- I
1: bet, I bet. I can't imagine getting in a vehicle after it's been sitting in a parking lot, oh. you know, 110, 115 degree.
0: Yeah. I have a black truck with black leather. Oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> I get in there and it just singes your legs. If yeah, you're wearing shorts, oh my gosh, <laughs> it just goes pss- You could just hear it. It's, it's horrible, man. But, Oh my word. But that's the, that's the life you live in Arizona, but the other eight months of the year, it's beautiful, gorgeous, and it's sunny all the time. What is going on? What are we covering today, my friend? Hey, so today
1: we're going to finish up our generational series of, of leadership, right? We've talked about leading the boomers and the Gen X and the millennials. Uh, And so finally we're going to finish up today. Um, maybe this is uh, not the right term. Well, actually, I know it's not the right term, but it's one that I use in the office quite a bit. Uh, We're going to be talking about leading fresh outs. Now, when I say fresh outs, typically what I mean is they're fresh out of college, right? The first, the career they have, right? The first job they have out of college and you're leading them. They have a a much uh, more, uh, an official term. We're going to call them Gen Z here, but uh, I think you said it was your son. Yeah, that enlightened you on exactly what we should be calling uh, this generation. So I'm going to let you share with the audience that just so we, you know, we old geezers here, Mm -hmm. we look like or sound like we know what we're talking about. You tell the audience what generation we're talking about today.
0: Well, it's similar to this, what we are looking at each other on right now, as we record this Zoom, they're called Zoomers. And Generation Z and Zoomers, just like B is boomers. So my children uh, refer to themselves as Zoomers. And they're pretty proud of it, too, you know? I'm like, we're Zoomers. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, Well, they should be proud of it, I guess. That's right. Uh, I mean, there's no other option. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. They got, no, they got nothing else yet. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you know, the question that you asked last week is, it's still baffling me, is what's after Z? I mean, where do we go? I don't know what we do.
1: Well, I don't know either. I, I don't know if we get into, you know, kind of like an Excel spreadsheet after you get to Z, you go back to double A or or something like that. I, I don't know what we'll do. But, uh, but hey, let's tell our audience, you know, just exactly what generation we're talking about here. Um, uh, Gen Z or the Zoomers, they're defined as being born between 1995 and 2015, right? So uh, obviously, if they were born in 2015, they're five years old uh, now. And so we're not leading them unless they're in our home as a, as our children. Uh, but yeah, if you've got those, say, 25-year-old uh, uh, team members that are on your team, uh, then it's likely, like, like I was saying, that they're fresh out. So they're, they're right out of college they uh they joined your team as probably their first um, their first job a- after college, so that's kind of that's the group that we are talking about leading today, and I don't know how you feel about it, Stephen, but I want to openly and honestly say to our audience this episode, as we were talking about leading these different generations, this is the episode that I was worried about the most in recording because you know I'll just be flat out honest. I don't know that much about this this uh, generation, or I don't know that much about leading this generation. You and I were talking about before we hit record, we have this generation in our own home, right? So in a lot of ways, it feels like I'm going to work and leading my children, right? When I, when I pass one of these guys in the hallway, I feel like I just passed my 17-year-old son, right? Um, but uh, I, I don't feel all that comfortable at telling everybody exactly how to lead these guys because I don't have a lot of experience with it. Um, just because of the nature of the org chart, these guys are two or three layers removed from me, right? So I don't have direct reports that are fresh out of college uh, that are in their, their early 20s like this. And so I do have some suggestions uh, for our audience today, but definitely this generation, leading this generation directly is one that I, I lack experience in.
0: You know, not too long ago, we were that generation that were the, as you referred to it, which I will go on record and say that's a Southern term, fresh outs. It is? Okay. It must All right. be. It probably, is. You, it probably it. is. you said it. You said it. So right. it must be. Fresh a fr- out of college. Fresh outs. So these yep. fresh out of college folks, we were those folks at one point, And we yes. were looked at by, I don't know if it was boomers or the pre boomers or. Uh, so we were exactly where those folks are today so it, it, yep. it and everybody goes through this and i think your point is we have a harder time relating because we have this generational separation that yep. makes it tougher it makes it less less just natural and it makes it more in need of this intentional mindset and way that you interact with with these Generation Z Zoomer folks. So I agree. I was just looking it up on Google as you were walking through that. And I just want to hot off the presses. The new generation that is being born today is called a Generation Alpha. Generation Alpha. Generation Alpha. Alpha. And it says uh, they're really the true millennial generation because they're born and shaped fully in the 21st century. Mm. Uh, and this is, this puts things into perspective for old geezers like you and I is, and they're the first generation that in record numbers will see the 22nd century as well.
1: Ah, yeah, I yeah. guess so. Yeah, yeah, totally makes they'll sense. They'll
0: see 20, they yeah, after 2015. Yeah, so they'll, they'll see 2100. Oh you
1: imagine that? No no doubt, yeah.
0: That is uh, just like if you were born in 1890 to think that you could see 2000 or something, right?
1: We we thought we were unique because we watched 2000 come in.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, and with medical advances and everything the way it is, Lord knows is, you know— when okay. uh what they'll see in their life but that just puts it into perspective Good. generation alpha it generation all goes back
1: alpha. around again to the beginning so, so we're going back to the beginning but this time it's the greek alphabet dude. yeah i is guess that, so is that what it is is that greek it sure greek? sounds like it? it i don't know
0: okay i think right. that's a southern right. thing i'm not sure <laughs> so let's do it let's uh Let's right. talk about these Zoomers to the extent that you and I are highly yeah, qualified best, and certificated to do so. The best we can, yeah, <laughs> okay. definitely. Let's do this.
1: So, hey, so first thing I'll say is this: um, especially if you're in the same situation that maybe you and I are in, where we're Gen X, or certainly if you're a baby boomer and you're leading someone in the this Zoomer generation, I think the first thing you need to to be sure that you avoid is falling into this trap of trying to be their friend right um and again because you're you're generationally removed far enough that one that's just difficult because you know someone like you and i that that at our age relating well to someone who's 22 23 even 25 our worlds right now are drastically different now to the point you were making earlier you and I can remember being 25. I can still remember being 25, and I'm sure you can as well. But when we were 25 is totally different than, than now being 25 and so forth. And, and so what I would say is just, first of all, don't fall into this trap of feeling like, well, I, I've just brought this, this kid in, this, this new guy right out of college, and I need to try to, in some way, be buddy-buddy with him, to be friends with him, to, to re- relate with him on that level. And by all means, whatever you do, don't try to be cool. Don't, you know, don't in his eyes or her eyes, don't try to be the, the cool buddy, buddy, friendly boss or whatever, just because uh, it's, it's awkward and, and just fit spanning that generational gap. It's going to seem artificial and awkward and I don't believe it's going to serve you well as a leader if you try to do that.
0: just like when we were that age, the way that our leaders and their leaders felt about us is similar, right? It's, so this is not a unique unique thing that's happening. It's just happening with different generations with right. different values and views and and things that are deemed important. so for us to to think that we can instinctively connect just on the surface with with these zoomers i think we're fooling ourselves it doesn't mean it can't happen it doesn't mean that that you know some gen xers or or millennials think a lot like zoomers because there are people out there like that but generally speaking there's going to be this this connection gap that you're going to have to work to close to work intentionally around and it may be a lot harder to do that so being friends with them it's not a you thinking about being friends with them, we're just trying to figure out how to effectively lead them. Right. Right. And that's the, one of the biggest challenges is, is not that I want to have all of these zoomers as close friends, but I can't even think in terms of friendship when I can't understand clearly how they think and operate unless I intentionally build that relationship in a way that's going to allow me to get insights into how Mm -hmm. they think act and operate what they deem is important to them. And then how can I use that information to make their experience positive and their effectiveness for the organization positive as well. So uh, that's going to be, that's a challenge just because they're so new in the workforce and they, I know I said last week that the millennials, and I, I thought about this after I said it, after we hit the stop button and I think I misspoke a little bit. Is you know I referred to millennials as as never knowing the world without technology. Well, that's not exactly true. They as as young children and all the technology certainly is nothing the way it is today. Right. They they grew up and there were still you know pagers and things like that. Uh, but the Zoomers are really the generation that have never actually known the world without social media practically without smartphones practically without the technology that we still enjoy today maybe a, a better more effective version of it but they're really the generation that if they're if the earliest zoomer was 95 ish and let's say they get to you know 10 years old that's 2005 there is plenty of technology in 2005 that they just don't know life without it truly exactly. no life without it so it, it just says okay they've been brought up in this literal world of of leveraging things that we leveraged when we were in our 30s and 40s and having to adapt to they don't know life without it and that makes the connection a little different because they think in different ways and terms about problems and solutions and leveraging things and we might have to get there a little through the long way because we're just not as i don't know cool to say with it as they are i always thought i was a pretty with it guy and i know you are but now i'm looking at these folks going i'm not with it i'm not with it like i thought i was so that's my thought there my friend
1: yeah, no, I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, you know, this world of technology, this zoomer generation, all of their life, they've enjoyed what I'll call seriously advanced technology, right? I mean, you and I, re- we remember when, you know, fax machines first came out and, and what was it, Atari video games? Uh, what was it, Pong, right? Where you had the, 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 the one pixel that was the ball. And the two long oh, yeah. uh, sliding paddles, um, it advanced as it, advanced right? as it could
0: get. I don't know yes, how the world super, could go beyond that.
1: Super advanced. Uh, oh. Well, the, these Zoomers, they've always known seriously advanced technology, right? Um, and, and that leads me to a to a t- or a bullet point that I think we should talk about that that I hadn't planned on it, but but it makes sense to do so. And that is this generation. Two things. They're accustomed to things happening at a very fast pace, right? Communications happen at a super fast pace. I mean, you know, text messaging today, it's almost the unwritten, unspoken expectation that when you text someone, you're going to immediately get a response back, um, you know, and, and, and things like that. So this, this Zoomer generation, they're, expect, they're accustomed to things happening very quickly. But second to that, I think, uh, is true of this generation and maybe even the millennials to some degree. And that is attention spans are really, really short. So if you put those two things together, this, 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 uh, always everything happening quickly and attention spans being short, what this means to you as a leader, you'd better keep these guys busy and you'd better keep them busy with, with, you know, with good work and meaningful work and rewarding work. because if you let things slow down for these guys, they're going to get bored, they're going to get distracted, and you know worst case scenario, they're going to look elsewhere to uh, to find those things that are happening quickly and, and interesting to them. So keep them busy uh, doing real meaningful work because they're just accustomed to that kind of pace.:
0: Yeah, it's interesting to think about the pace there and how technology has has framed the way they look at speed and everything. You know, 4G and 5G, and and the speed of traffic, and just growing up at, at that age and point in time where you never knew anything but broadband internet access. I mean, wow! I mean, I I remember the old dial-up days. The twenty, if I could get twenty-eight eight, I'm like, man, <laughs> yes, fourteen yes. four—that's so yesterday. You know, yeah. it's at forty-eight hundred and all. So it the, took you 15 minutes to get that connection. Yeah, it was a and all the tones yeah. and beeps and you know, and all and and then if you ever had a DSL line, like my gosh, you have arrived. But yes. and the Zoomers that might be listening to this, they don't know what a DSL line is. <laughs> they don't know what that is. So and, and it's interesting because they look at and I don't know if this is literally true or not, but in terms of speed and to your point of being fast paced, and you're right, they 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 text. They they I am each other, they and they're looking for immediate feedback, immediate response. There's and and I get into this habit some too, as I stare at my phone, looking for the little dots twinkling on my iPhone right, right. to see if somebody's typing. Cause I get, okay, oh, oh, good. They're responding. And they look at I think they look at email like the abacus, right? I yes, mean, it's yes. who email, that's so that's so old school, I remember when email was so true. It was like, man, we went to the moon, we created email. I don't know where life goes from here and and it, it so they they just view communication differently, they view they view the speed in which communication happens differently. I agree that keeping them busy is important, although it has to be on things that fit the framework of their Priority system, because like like millennials, I see Zoomers being very entrenched in a full life. Right. It's not a work life. Like I have said, my one of my biggest failures in life is I treated work more important than literally anything else in my life for for years and years and years until you kind of wake up and realize those errors. I think mm-hmm. the the Zoomers will never have to worry about them being the workaholics, right? And yeah. not yeah. that being a workaholic is a good thing either, because that's not getting you anywhere. And that's not getting you any additional work done that just says, hey, how inefficient are you? I think the Zoomers, right. because of their technology base, because of what they know and the speed in which they communicate and expect outcomes, they leverage technology Better than anyone, even the millennials, Mm -hmm. when it talks about how can I make how can I make this aspect of my work faster, more efficient so I can move on and go hiking. Right. Because I I have three hours until dark. I'm not staying at work. So I think it's Mm -hmm. you've got to really understand the way these folks think and and use that to your advantage and not not to not to you know try to get one up on them but use it to your advantage because it's going to help them it's going to help you and it's going to add clarity it's going to add uh, an understanding of of the generations and it's going to allow things to be to operate better be more smoothly and you're going to have a better relationship as a result
1: yeah no i i totally agree with that and you know i think all those things that we talked about—millennials, about you know—they really need a deeper and more meaningful purpose, and and also you know the fact that that work is probably not at the top of their identity list. You know what they do as uh, in a in a job is probably not the top of their identity. All of those things, in my opinion, still apply to the Zoomers, to the Gen Z generation. So you know, communication uh, around purpose and why we're doing things and and doing things uh you know keep them busy, yes, but not with just busy work with with meaningful work that has deep meaning to you know the the goal of the of the company and the team and that kind of thing, but to the point you were making, I think they had the advantage even over the millennials in this effort to let me get my work done so that I can serve that deeper purpose or that deeper meaning for my own life, right and so with the technology that they have, and, and and the and the fluency they have in it, and so forth, I think they're even in a better position than the millennials to to make their own life and their own meaning and purpose in life a bigger part of their life because of that. So let me talk. Let's talk about uh, communication with these guys uh, really quickly too, and and talk about a trap that again I, I think I want to tell our leaders to try to avoid. And, and maybe this comes from me, just as I said earlier, kind of walking the halls and I, and I run into one of these guys, these, these zoomers, and I almost feel like I've ran into my 17 year old son in, in the office kind of thing. And that is in your communication as their leader, you've got to be frank. You've got to be direct and, you know, and don't beat around the bush. You got to be frank with them in your communication. Now I'm not talking about being rude or stern or harsh or anything like that but just don't fall into the trap of thinking, okay, this is just a young kid or, or, or see, you know, like I was talking about, don't see your own child in them. And, you know, cause I'm, I'm, I'm more apt to somewhat coddle my own children, right? Well, that's okay. You did your best or, or something like that. Um, but in the, all, you got to recognize these are adults. They're in the corporate world now. And when their performance is lacking, you need to be frank about that, right? You owe it to them to be frank about it. Um Dave Ramsey has this saying to be unclear is to be unkind, and you just got to recognize that in some way you're being unkind to them if you allow their age to take into you know you take into consideration their age and therefore you alter in some way communication with them so even though you might have that feeling of you know they're so young and inexperienced i I, I need to handle them with kid gloves if you will um Again, yes, you want to be kind to them, but you need to be frank. You need to be direct with them, and and not uh, not placate them with these little platitudes and things like that. So, in your communication, don't be afraid. Don't fall into that trap. Be direct. Be frank with them, because that's what they de- that's what they need and and deserve from you as
0: their leader. Yeah, and I would suggest that you're direct and frank with everybody. However, I think it it yep. has a it resonates maybe a little differently with uh, the zoomers. So it's it's important because it is easy to look at them through the filter of of these are my kids, right? And how because we we live our life around our families and we treat our children certain ways and it would be a natural instinctive reaction to have a similar response to someone who looks like and fits the bill for someone who could be your child. And it's, it's something you just have to take that extra moment, take that extra step, take a deep breath and think about what you're saying, what you're articulating the expectation you have, make sure there's clarity that way. Then they can begin to perform and behave as expected. And you can, you can create this, this, really clear and intentional environment where they're learning and growing in their roles they're learning and adapting to life in a corporate setting for example working for someone else where there is an expectation of of work and result and output for money and benefits and things like that so to be clear. I love the, I love the Dave Ramsey to, to be unclear is to be unkind. I think that's so, that's so telling. I think that fits every generation, every leader, but for the zoomers, I think it's particularly insightful because of just their natural youth and an experience. And that's not a, a a hit on them. It's not their fault. They're coming into the workforce like we did and Yep. they're just coming in it with a different set of skills a different set of yep. priorities a different set of things that they know and have learned that we didn't have at that age so we've got to just think about that and think about how to get the most out of them and then put them on a path of of success so they can they can experience growth and development in their career as well
1: yeah and i think that's the important thing to recognize that as a leader that's what you're doing you're you're putting them on a clear growth path, right? And again, it's it's somewhat natural, especially for us older folks to to see these, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to belittle them in any way, but to see these young kids and, and feel like, well, all right, I need to handle them carefully. I need to, and again, to uh, potentially not deliver a message to them that is quite as clear or quite as frank as it should be, Right. If, if you had the same performance out of a millennial or a Gen X, you would say it, to, you know, you would be clear to them. Hey, look, your performance is lacking in these ways and you need to fix it by doing these three things. Well, you owe to these Zoomers, these Gen Z folks, you, you owe that same level of clarity to them, um, even though it might feel somewhat awkward. But you owe it to them because, as you were just saying, Stephen, you're putting them. On a great path. Otherwise, uh, you know, uh, a, a lack of clarity on in the mind of a twenty-four-year-old in their first job is always disastrous, right? They've got to be clear on how they're doing and and what they need to be doing, and you as their leader have got to provide that. So let me let me close that. Let's close out with this one. Um, so I have always taught here on this podcast and everywhere I've taught leadership. And that is that leadership is about relationship. And earlier I started with, you know, maybe a confusing message that was around, you know, don't try to be their friend. Don't try to be all buddy buddy with them and and relate to them and so forth. But even though there's the generational gaps, you still have to recognize that you've got to lead with relationships. But given the generational gaps and potentially given the organizational gaps, as I said earlier, I don't have any Gen Z people that report directly to me. They're all two and three layers below me. So it's important that you as a leader in this case, utilize other team members on your team that are closer in their generation, utilize them to build those relationships, right? So maybe you're a Gen X or a boomer uh, like Stephen and I, but you've got some millennials that are kind of the, you know, middle layer of management, and they have some some Zoomers in their, uh, you know, in their teams. You've really got to be working with those millennials to build relationships with those uh, Gen Z uh, em- employees or, or, or team members, right? So, as a leader, you can't necessarily build those close relationships with these guys, but you can certainly use other members on your team closer in that generational um, uh, era to build those relationships and you need to be coaching them to do just that.
0: Yeah, I think it goes without saying that when you have a staff or a team in your in our age bracket or if you're a, a middle level leader, uh, a higher level leader that you've got to use the whole team and when you have and when you have take it takes all types to make a business run. It takes all generations, it takes everything. So There's one step between you and the generation below you. And there's one step between them and the one below them. And at some point, you have a great, solid relationship with someone who can manage and lead these folks and mentor these folks, these Zoomers, in a way that there is a much more intuitive connection based on commonality on belief systems on value systems on the way they approach and look at work what's important the priorities in their life and it's about knowing that you don't have to figure this out all by yourself as a leader regardless of what generation you're in if you're a millennial or if you're gen x or a baby boomer you have lot you likely have Other leaders around you that you have really strong connections and relationships with that you can leverage to really make sure those Zoomers are given the support, direction, mentorship, guidance, development that they need to be successful as well. Because it's easy as a leader to say, well, I don't know anything about them and cast them aside, push them into the corner, let them collect dust. They do what they think is best, which is probably not what the organization needs. And everyone kind of over time will get frustrated and just make an assumption that there's a performance issue. Well, what there is, is there's a clarity issue. There's a there's a uh, relationship issue. There's a mentorship issue. And there's, you know, setting those expectations. So leverage the entire organization, everybody around you, know those people that you can Plug in to help you communicate, gain clarity and build connections in ways that, frankly, just don't fit your generation or your method. And don't try to be a person you're not. Leverage the relationship with those who can do those things better than you and know that you have to manage all of those relationships. But you can do it very intentionally and differently and get results that are going to get you further down the road than trying to go at it alone. Yeah.
1: So, so Steven, do me a favor and mark the time right now on your, uh, recording. Cause, uh, my, uh, my wife's about to hit the garage door. So I'm going to okay. respond to everything you said as yep. soon as she closes the garage.
0: Door. 30, 32 minutes, 32, 30. Right. So, yep. Yeah. Mark so, that time and let's let them hit the
1: garage door here a second. And then we'll get back to it. Okay. Um, I just didn't want that garage noise in the. In
0: I'll the just recorder. edit all this out then. Thirty-two, got it.
1: Yeah, yeah, that'll make it an easy cut for you. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'll respond to what you were just saying, and then we can jump behind the scenes. Okay.
0: For the record, I uh, last time she did it, I didn't really hear the garage door, and either you couldn't hear no. it? no.
1: Well, they're they're about to pull in, I do
0: believe. So how can you tell? She text you.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. She she texted me that they were leaving the garage. The, the um. Grocery store. She always texts and, and says, Hey, be ready to. She te- there it I is. Know. I do hear she it. Text me and uh, me and the boys and say, you know, be ready to unload. Come out. Oh yeah. yeah.
0: Get yeah. your butt out here. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's what funny. She, she said we're on the way home from the grocery store. Is she going to close it now in a minute?
1: Yep. Yep. She'll pull in now and then it's about to close.
0: There it goes again. There it goes. All right. Are you, where are you at in, in the house? Second floor? Yeah, directly above the garage. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in the I'm in the extra room above the garage. Okay. All right. Okay. It's ready. So, okay. So market time and we'll get back to that. So 3353. Got it. Do it.
1: Yeah, Stephen. No, that that is a you know excellent point that that you're making about the, uh, about the zoomers. And you know, it's oftentimes that the the organizational chart, if you if you've got a pretty deep Organizational chart. It's oftentimes that the organizational chart will somewhat reflect the generational differences, right? The the Gen X or Boomers are kind of at the top of the organizational chart, and maybe you got the Millennials somewhere in the middle, and then the Gen Z and so forth. And if that's the case, wonderful. Use that organizational chart, and be sure that you are teaching those in the middle to build those good, strong relationships with those below them, and 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 you know, therefore, you're building those relationships and you're leading with relationships. But if you have a, a, a more flat organizational chart, then you need to, again, instead of trying to span the huge or, uh, generational gap, use other people within your, your, your flat organization in an unofficial manner. Again, they're not organizationally. Maybe they don't report to uh, th- these zoomers. Don't necessarily report to them, but use them uh, in the sense of coaching them to be mentors and, and building relationships with those Zoomers in a in a somewhat unofficial manner, right? So again, the organizational chart doesn't say that these Zoomers report to them, but they can certainly serve as their mentor. And so again, as a leader, you're leading the entire organization and you're leading those millennials uh, that are closer in generation. You're, you're leading them to build those relationships with the Gen Z guys as well. So whether you depend on the organizational chart or not, you can certainly lead such that these relationships are getting built, even with the
0: Zoomers. Yeah, that's good stuff. Um I would like to think that we we had all of the data and details like we did with the Gen X folks because we can certainly relate to that. So it's a challenge. Yeah. I think we're not alone though. I think I think I the, the think the world and leaders were still working through and trying to to figure out we could read, you know, I can read a a Google website and say, "Okay, this is this is what Gen Z is," but until you start working with these folks and you get some cycles of learning under your belt, it's, it's going to be really difficult to just go on the theory. You've got to put the practical leadership in place and actually begin working through these. And then over time, we all just get better because we've had cycles of learning. So uh, good, good stuff, my friend. Let's go ahead and move behind the scenes. And uh, just since we're behind the scenes, I'll just go ahead and say we had to take a little pause there because you had your garage door going up and down. What's going on?
1: Yeah, so my office um where we record this podcast is directly above uh, our garage, right? And so when so, when my wife uh gets home or or comes home or or leaves, she opens the garage door and then she closes the garage door as she's leaving or, or coming home. Uh and because the garage door is directly below me here, you know, I can feel the vibration in the floor, then you can also hear it in the uh Uh, you know, in the recording, but I have complete confidence Hmm. in your audio editing capabilities so that our audience never even knew
0: that happened. That's right. And that's why we're behind the scenes because we talk about stuff like that. So, yep, we are audio snobs of some sort. You know, I'm a perfectionist and I, I spend way too much time at times trying to make everything perfect but no it's good stuff we took about a a minute about a two minute break there that you will never have known had we not told you but good stuff and i know we've got some stuff we're working on in our businesses i know you have a big event coming up here in about you know good. less than less than two weeks i think yes. and, and yes. Um, so what's going on
1: so i'm leading up to a um uh, a couple of live webinar um, events that I'm offering up to all of my email list, but I'm also promoting uh, and advertising this uh, through uh, through Facebook ads as well. You know, last week uh, in our podcast, as we talked about behind the scenes, I, I talked about, I, I was having to get over some imposter syndrome about, you know, I've put together a a course for the purpose of building trust in your team and part of my promotion of that course is, uh, I wanted to do a few live webinars um, to to kind of introduce and to and to equip leaders to begin to build trust in in their in their team. And I'm doing that over live uh, free webinars. Uh, and I was hitting imposter syndrome hard last week around, you know, I'm not a I'm not an advertiser, I'm not a marketer, I'm not a salesman. Who am I to be trying to? people on the webinars and sell them a course and and all that. So that was the imposter syndrome I was hitting hard last week. Um, Our mastermind group helped me get over that. And, and and so this week I've been really uh, getting after the promotion of that. I've gotten email sequences out to my email uh, audience, my email list to promote the webinars. I've got some Facebook ads now that are running that are promoting the webinars, but I'm going to have two different live webinars on August the 12th and the purpose of those two webinars is they're the same, right? But, but it's giving uh, the audience uh, an opportunity to attend live Uh, and it's going to be on Zoom. It's not your typical webinar where you're sitting there and you're, you know, you can't speak, you're quiet and all you're doing is watching slides go by as someone lectures you. It's not at all that type of webinar atmosphere. Instead, it's on Zoom where we can all ask questions and and get answers and, and, and things like that. Yes, there's some slides, um, but it's heavily going to be the teaching and the interaction of those that are on the live webinar. But again, the purpose of the webinar is to teach those that will be attending, how do you be, be, begin to build team trust within your team? Because I believe trust is, is the foundation to great teamwork. And then furthermore, I believe teamwork is your only real competitive advantage. So that's the purpose of those two live webinars that I have coming up. Again, that's on August the 12th. So I'm doing a ton of email and ad marketing to get, uh, you know, a great audience into those two webinars.
0: Yeah. And what I'll say is by by doing that on Zoom versus kind of a webinar jam or some other platform that is specifically geared toward webinar and zoom is too you can add in that webinar feature to zoom but when you hit it big man i'm just glad i know you now because (laughs) uh, because i i think in a year two years five years ten years whenever this is you're not going to I mean, if I go to you, you're not. Yeah, that's right. Um, It's funny how uh, luck plays a a big role in this because the harder I work, the luckier I seem to get. Right. 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 It's. Yeah. So, you know, when when you hit it big and you're like the Tony Robbins of the trust space. And uh, you know you're not going to take my phone call anymore. So I'm I'm just I'm just making these deposits now. So you're going to have to like oh guy I got I to go talk to this guy There's again a Steven guy again. Yeah, got, yeah I'm, I'm just glad I'm no, just no, glad no, no, no. I, I I got to know you when I did because when you hit it big and the whole point of this is when you hit it big and you have a lot of this under your your belt and iterations and cycles and you get this dialed in and you've got this workflow figured out and you know how to attract the right clients and you and you are converting them into paid products, you're not going to be doing Zoom calls where you're going to allow people to raise their hand and ask questions because ain't nobody right. got time for that. When you have, you know, th- 2000 people on a call, you're not going to have that interaction. So what I'll say to people now is, and, and, it, and it goes to, to people like Michael and, and myself and other entrepreneurs out there that are starting and doing things, in the in the early stages of their business, these are the times where you can get so much additional value because you get you get things that you're not going to get later from guys like Michael. You're going to get personal, personal time, personal discussions, personal phone calls, personal coaching. You're, if you do get charged for something, you're going to get charged a much more modest amount because they don't have the name recognition, the notoriety, the experience that the, the big players that can charge a ton of money, but you're going to be thankful that you got in early because what I'll tell you is the content, the value, the information is world-class, just like somebody making millions of dollars. There's no mm-hmm. difference in my opinion. What's the only thing different is how a person has marketed themselves, how a person has inserted themselves into the public sphere and to, to have that recognition. So Dave Ramsey, phenomenal finance guy, good human being, great guy. But there are guys out there that know just about as much about finance as Dave does, you know, just book knowledge, theoretical finance and how to get people out of debt. But they're not doing what Dave Ramsey's doing because Dave Ramsey has built an audience, built the following, built a tribe. And that's what you're doing and I'm working to do. And these are the times, you know, when Dave Ramsey used to go around with books in his trunk of his car that he talks about. Right. And sold sold his total money makeover his first, very first editions of that where he had to go around doing that. Dave doesn't do that anymore. Right. No, no, no. Right. You can't, right. you can't even get in to see Dave because Dave's big, big time. As they say in the South, he's big time.
1: Yeah. Right? Now he has a book in his, tr- in the trunk of his car
0: anymore. Yeah. I don't yeah. think so. Uh, it, but if you're out there and you're, and it's not just with guys like us, it's with people that are in similar situations Leverage those opportunities to to get personal one-on-one time because the information and insights they offer are equally as valuable to those million dollar folks out there. But I'll, I'll give you an example. I, um, I have a good friend of mine, his name is Tom Hefner, and he he was in another mastermind group with me for a while, and he's a big innovation coach. He goes around and sells a very high dollar. Packages to uh, DoD government um, on innovation and does workshops and work with a lot of big brands uh, across the country and the world. Uh, guy in his you know is his late 30s and around 40 years old, and he's now getting into coaching more full time. He's going through a nine month coaching certification that is going at the very formal high level coaching. He's adding coaching to his mix. Guy makes a good living. And he needs, he needs paid coaching. He needs paid coaching to have like at least a hundred hours of paid coaching that he can get his certification. And he's been doing coaching for a long time, but he's now taking it to another level of his, of his repertoire. And so I know him, I'm in a, uh, I do a Friday call with him every morning, every Friday. I did one this morning with him and another buddy of mine. And uh, he's like, Hey, I need some coach and you, you want to be coached by me? Uh, I was like, Tom, man, I love it. I love to be coached by you. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's given me a six month coaching package two times a month for pennies on the dollar pennies. I stroke that check so quick. I mean, it is not even funny how cheap it is. It right. is in a few hundred dollars for and six that's months. Because
1: that's where he's at in his, yes.
0: you know, in his journey. Yeah. That's correct. That he's is, got yeah. to get uh, so many hours of build coaching experience that he has to document. And I'm the benefactor of that. Right. Right. And he's a friend of mine. And he says, I'm looking for six to eight clients. He's got a couple of them now. And, and he offered me a price that was so cheap. I'm like, Tom, I'm going to pay you more than that, man. I'm not, he's Mm -hmm. just looking at it from a, from a, I need to get from here to there. It's got to be paid. You're a buddy of mine. Help me get the experience and I'm going to practice on you. So I'm like, sign me up. Now, when Tom hits it big and he goes back to his innovation workshops, he's teaching classes now for for over five thousand dollars a session at the University of Wisconsin on innovation. He's doing that at summer session. He's he's doing that on the side. Plus, he's doing his innovation business. Plus, he's getting coaching when he gets it big. And he's an engineer by training. If you know, I'm not going to be able to afford him. Right. You know, I'm not gonna be able for him. So take advantage of guys like I do of Tom, but it's helping Tom. Tom's getting value. Take advantage of folks like Michael. You're going to get tremendous value and you're helping Michael and me, for example, really firm up and settle our offerings clearly. So we're adding the most value to the people that consume it. And that's yep. just a rare opportunity that um, people you won't be able to do that forever. And I won't let you, cause you and I are in a mastermind. And if you ever do that, I'm going to say, stop doing that. And you need to get paid way more than that. And then that's a, that's something that we talk about.
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's a very good point. And, and that's exactly where I am. I mean, you know, I'm not going to beat around the bush or I'm not going to hide the fact that these free webinars that I'm offering, there's a sales pitch in those webinars. Now, now, don't get me wrong. I'm going to give incredible content in those free webinars and I'm going to give people, I think I talked about it on this, on this uh, podcast. I'm going to give people the quick win. I'm going to give them, here's what you can go do. Get the quick win, get the win of building starting to build trust within your team. So that's certainly going to be a part of the webinar, but yeah, there's a sales pitch for, for the overall course for, for building team trust, the overall course. And to the point you're making Uh, it's kind of an early bird special price for that course, because I recognize, look, this is the first time that I'm going to be offering uh, this, uh, this course. And yes, over time, I'm going to make it better. Um, But Oh, by the way, those that got in at the early bird price, they will forever have access to it. So as it improves, you'll always have access to it. But I recognize that where I am in this journey and I'm not going to try to gouge someone i'm I'm going to be upfront and honest and say, "Look, this is the first time I'm offering this course, and so I'm going to give you a special price because you're the early you, you know early adopter, you're the beta user, if you will. you're the early person that trusts me enough to to uh, to spend your your money on resources that I can make available to you. So they'll certainly be that, and it'll certainly be uh, that special rate. But to the point you're making, Those early adopters are going to help me improve that course. And when I do improve that course, they'll benefit from that as well.
0: Yeah, it's exactly what I'm doing. And I think this is why you and I um, hit it off so well, because you and I are in very parallel spots here with our email list and with our course and the way we think about this. I'm doing the exact same thing. I'm, uh, you know, I have a course I've developed. I've got it all framed out. I haven't built it yet. Uh, i'm i'm working to get those first early adopters in the course as well and i'm going to use them i'm going to reach out to them i'm going to personally connect with those people that get, now they may not want to connect back with me i don't know because i don't know who they are yet but once they come in uh, i'm going to pour so much value mm-hmm. into them they're going to say they're going to say please stop giving me so much value i can't take it anymore you're killing me and I'm right. going to say nope. Too much. I can't do nope. It's coming. I'm. I'm giving you more. Get ready. Here it comes. Because not only does it give me a chance to, to try different ways of connecting and different context and content and and seeing what resonates well. And I want them to tell me. I'm going to say, hey, if this sucks, tell me this sucks. You know, because I don't want to waste your time or anybody's time. So we're gaining. It. Yep. We're gaining. A lot of information from these early adopters, and it's so critical to build what if you fast forward the the um, uh, the ball, you know, one year or, or five years, what we are, what we become and what we offer that far in advance is going to be really Designed and and really you know formed by these early adopters, so it's a great opportunity. And not everybody wants to be an early adopter. People's like, okay, give me my course, I'll pay my five hundred bucks or whatever. I'm going to go in and I just want to consume and leave me leave me alone. But then some of these people, and I know I know of one person I won't mention in your community today that works at a at a correction facility yep. uh, that is the the truest. Definition of a true fan who is consuming, consuming, consuming. And that's the person and the type of person that I want to get into my course because that person I think is going to give me a lot of good feedback. That person on your community calls is, is, is participated, is giving things, you know, both sides of the equation. I think it's great. And people like that person, if we could clone that person. Yes, man. What our 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 knowledge, our ability to serve at an even higher level, our ability to to help people with even greater value would be tremendous. But yep. uh, we're doing a lot of the similar things. I'm doing the same thing. I'm just trying to get my email. And that's not the right language. I'm working to get my email dialed in. I'm, I'm finding that you know, the more people I listen to Graham Cochran now, I don't know mm-hmm. if you've listened to him at all, right. But mm-hmm. Graham Cochran, um, listening to him, I'm in Pat Flynn's new SPI pro community that he launched. Uh, I joined that as a founding member. That's 49 bucks a month. Uh, you get access to all his, all his, um, you know, mm-hmm. his, his smaller courses for free in his, uh, uh teachable. Uh, it, it's a pretty dynamic community. So, uh, I'm, I'm in that I'm asking questions. I'm, I'm just trying to engage. And, and I want to learn from the people that are, right that are five, 10, 15 years ahead of me. That's all because totally. what we're doing is not the, not new to the world. It's new to us and we haven't perfected it. And it's why we can, why and how we can offer so much more for so lot less money, because I'll tell you just transparently. And not to be not to be flippant about it, but there's going to be a time where unless you're paying me X, I'm not going to engage. And it's not because right. I don't love you. It's because not with you, Michael, because I'll always <laughs> I'll always love you, my friend. But uh, even though you won't return my calls when you make it big, <laughs> but there's going to be a point in time that neither one of us are going to have the literal physical time to go do the things that we can do now. And we're going to create a life for ourselves that ensures that we have peace, that we have time to do the things that are priorities for us. And that won't always be working around the clock on our businesses. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And, and, you know, from the evidence that you've been able to show to me, I I definitely feel like you're on that path to, uh, to the super fans, to, to having a, you know, a, a tribe, if you will, or whatever word you want to use to describe them that is highly engaged in, in, in receiving tremendous amount of value from what you're providing. You know, you were showing me earlier before we hit record your email list and, and your email sequences and your open rates and, and, and the fact that you don't even have any unsubscribers yet. And so there's just lots and lots of evidence that you are, you are bringing in. To your email and into your funnel and so forth, your ideal audience, right? There's plenty of evidence that that is the case. And, uh, you know, my encouragement to you is don't slow down any of that. You know, you've got all of those individuals now kind of running through your front funnel, uh, you know, keep providing that same level of value that you're providing to them because it's clearly benefiting them because they're sticking around and they're staying engaged with you. The numbers are showing that. So yeah, keep it up, man. You're doing great.
0: I appreciate it. And, you know, I've, I've never been a believer at all, and I'm sure you haven't either, of uh, get rich quick, right? I've never been a believer of that. I'd, I'd like to think that that could happen if I, I guess, hit the lottery or something. I got to play it right. to hit it. But <laughs> um, but I've never been a believer of get rich quick. And even more so since I've been focused in on this one project of Army Promotion Points, I realized that... And we've talked about this. Passive income isn't passive. You do a lot of work up front to do a lot less work later, and leveraging all the time, energy, and effort to, to really have a, a business that you can predict and manage. But yep. just the opposite of get rich quick. There is a lot of work and heavy lift involved in setting up these businesses the right way, doing it the doing it in a in a in a way that has a lot of integrity. That's doing it in a way that's. Uh, you're not having to go back in, in two months having to fix all the stuff you you slapped together because you did it hastily. To do it right, to build the audience right, to to put quality content like I know you're doing and I'm working to do as well out there that can live out in the in the sphere of of the world forever because it's sound. guidance and advice to do that. It takes time. It takes time to build the audience. It takes time to build traffic. It takes time to put content out and it takes time to build a quality audience and an email list that you can actually then convert and, and provide them an opportunity to buy a product that's going to ultimately help them. And, and to not sell them something is a disservice to them because they're coming to you for value. And when you don't offer them your best stuff and, you don't give them an opportunity to buy a premium product. You're really missing an opportunity to serve them at a deeper level. And not everybody's going to buy, but those who do are going to be the biggest uh, fans and the biggest believers in your content. And those, I want to serve everybody, but I want to serve the ones that that believe in me and want my product at a higher level. I want to serve them even more. And yeah. um, that's that's the focus I have. Any, anything else to, to wrap us up here before we we take it to the house?
1: No, I just totally agree with you there. I mean, I'm convinced that, you know, five years from now, you and I will look up and we'll be overnight successes, you know, five years from now. Uh, But you're right. I mean, it is it is a lot of hard work. It takes a lot of patience and endurance and just, you know, again, a lot
0: of hard work and And a lot of email writing, a lot of writing extra emails, too. And when you don't save them.
1: Yes. Yes. You, you, yeah. You have little setbacks like that where you, <laughs> you, you type up 15 emails in your sequence and then you just lose them oh just my gone. Yeah. and you got to recreate all that kind of, so yeah, it's a lot of hard work and you're probably like me. I mean, you see, so you ask yourself, so, well, why do I do this? Why is this so important? And it's so important because we then get to see those in our audience succeed. We get to see them win. I mean, you, you know, you, you're going, it's going to soon become the date. What I should know this and, and I apologize that I don't, but what is an E4 in the army? Is that a specialist? Yeah, specialist. Specialist. And what is an E5? Sergeant. Sergeant. So pretty soon you're going to have a sergeant email you and say, Hey dude, just want to let you know that, you know, two months ago I was a specialist. Now I'm a sergeant because I took your course and I did everything to get those army promotion points. And now I can better provide for my wife and my two children and this, and you're going to start to get, you get to see people win. And that's why we do all this hard work, that's Makes why it all, we worth put all this it. effort in. And, and yes, if it takes us five years to be an overnight success, then we're in it for five years because we're going to get to see those people win along the way. That's why
0: we do this. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, that it's a validation. When you get an email like that, it's, it just says it all. And it's, it makes it all worth it. Yep. And it's heavy lifting. It's not for the, it's not for the, uh, the person who just says, oh, I think I'll go slap together a business and do a couple of things. Well, you, you won't be successful because it takes a lot That's of right. work and a lot of effort and a lot of time to be an overnight success. But you and I, my friend will be an overnight success. in about one year, three years, five years, it's happening. I don't know yes. when, but it, it will happen. happen and i look forward to that day when we have never we never arrived the journey will get better and better my friend so that's right you want to button right. us up
1: yeah let's do that so so listen we're we're wrapping up now we've gone through all the generations that are currently in the workforce and and so i think you can go all the way back to i think it might be episode 39 or 40 might be the beginning of the series i can't remember now off the top of my head but you can listen to the whole series here that we've done all of the generations, all four generations and, and giving you leadership advice of those. So whatever generation you're leading out there, I know in this series, you can find the leadership content that you need to lead them effectively. Uh, as always, you can find the show notes for this particular episode over at leaderpreneurshow.com. Leaderpreneurshow.com. You'll find today's show notes. Uh, and every other show note for all of our podcast episodes for that matter. And while you're there, be sure you use some of the share features uh, on the website there to share the podcast with others, uh, you know, family, friends, colleagues that you know could benefit from this content as well. As always for Steven, everything he's doing, you'll find that at stephenfaust.com and then everything I'm doing, you can find that at credibleleaders.com as well. So until Steven and I speak to you again next week, be blessed and lead well.